Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ in snowy Missoula, Montana. Awful lot of great games from last week, including one in the snow, which I did not take my shirt off at as I threatened to do. I didn't think anybody wanted to see that. And joining me like it does each week is the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone Labanowitz. Stone, I was snowed in. You went through a hurricane this week. Man, we're pretty dedicated individuals to get this show out, aren't we? 100%. Not only a snowstorm, not only a hurricane, but we're here to give the people what they need as we approach the playoffs. So many teams looking sharp. So many teams falling flat right now. There's a lot to talk about, Kev. There sure is. And up first, a great game from last week. South Dakota State 31, Northern Iowa 28. This was a heck of a ball game, Stone. Northern Iowa had every chance to win this thing. Had the ball in their building with like 2.26 to go in the ball game. Drive the game to win. Couldn't do it. Gave up a sack. And what do really good teams do? Take advantage when presented with an opportunity. And the Jackrabbits did just that. Yeah, it was almost like this game was scripted, right? Like we knew South Dakota State was going to go into halftime up a touchdown. We knew come late in the fourth quarter, you and I would be within striking distance. It was so on script. I loved every single play of it. It was a good watch, and it really had Jackrabbit fans sweating because then it definitely would have solidified us putting Sacramento State at that one spot if they took a loss to a UNI team. And boy, what would it have done for their playoff chances? No kidding. And the game was ended on a 26-yard walk-off field goal by Hunter Dustman, and that proved the difference. Sacramento State, 33. Weber State, 30. The Hornets' third consecutive victory over a top 15 opponent. Both QBs, Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara, threw a touchdown, and O'Hara ran for two more. Pretty good ball game. Sacramento State just keeps on winning. People have to learn to respect these rank wins. Sacramento State, what they're able to do offensively is serious, and they're not just beating teams, right, because there are a lot of teams that are putting up all of these points like a Holy Cross, but there's just nobody on that schedule been the opposite for Sacramento State like they beat some respectable foes to the point where I think they're solidified number one to take down a Weber State team who was looking to clean the slate looking to get back into that win column and um, with a meaningful win and they couldn't do it Sacramento State is damn good football team Hornets were the definition of balance with 227 yards through the air and 213 on the ground Sacramento State is nine and oh Montana State 41 Northern Arizona 38 so for all of the Sean Chambers love that I was given out, talking about what he can do with his legs is so impressive, I guess it's time I take it all back because what this guy, Tommy Mallott, has been able to do in these recent games with his legs solely is impressive. This time out, 19 rushes, 120 yards, three touchdowns. We go all the way back to where he ran for over 250 yards a few weeks back. It's like, that's the reason why. He can do what Sean Chambers can do just a little bit better, and he's just a little bit younger. So it's really cool to see love when I see these Montana teams scoring high, especially when that weather's getting cold. I know they were in a dome, but it's like they're in rhythm. These teams are getting you know, used to what it's like playing down the stretch and ready for the playoffs. Boy, Montana State has it pretty good, right? I mean, they go to northern Arizona last week, play in a dome. The Grizz have to play in the snow. They go to Cal Poly this week while Montana <laughs> is Antarctica and go to the beach while the Grizz are going to have to play when it's 20-something degrees. Whoever made that schedule there for Montana State – Give that person a raise and probably a boat drink or two this weekend at Cal Poly. NDSU, 56. Western Illinois, 17. 
Stone, the bison just bulldozed the Leathernecks, ran for 453 yards. That's right, 4-5-3 on the ground. Don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. Yeah, neither have I, but can we both say we're surprised? Not really. I mean, this is what these guys do. I'm going to do my weekly company line here on Kim Miller, Kev. On FCS Nation, what do I always talk about? His flipping pass attempts, three of them, three pass attempts, one interception. They're coming against my SIU dogs this week, and I think they're live. They're barking because I just don't understand what kind of mental mindset you want to put your quarterback in letting him throw it three times and running it for 453 like anybody can do that it's not a, a compliment to cam miller at all well look the wind was blowing like 58 miles an hour too so they weren't going to really put miller in a great situation dropping back and trying to throw it 30 times but i get what you're saying and you want to talk about a running back by committee tamrick williams had a buck 20 on the ground with two touchdowns tk marshall no relation had 118 yards, also with two touchdowns. Kobe Ooh. Johnson had 91 yards with a touchdown. The Bison running game is in championship form in November. Color me shocked, FCS Nation. We've seen this movie before. Incarnate Word, 73. Houston Christian, 23. Stone, I know you're going to sit down with Lindsey Scott Jr. A little later in the show, looking forward to that. But this is the 11th straight home win for the Word. And Lindsey Scott was tremendous again, 15-20. 319 and seven, count them, seven touchdowns. Look, yes, he should win the Peyton Award, and I don't think anybody else should get a first-place vote. It should be unanimous. It should be unanimous. Kev, I've been calling it since day one. That's my A1 right there. Robert Griffin III this morning on Twitter. Go check him out, at RG3. Tweeted his top eight Heisman candidates. Who is at number eight? Mr. Lindsey Scott Jr. He topped, He tweeted his top five teams to follow. In FBS and FCS, he didn't give a specific. And at number three was Incarnate Word right behind North Carolina and LSU. So these guys are serious. Please take notice. If you don't know who Lindsey Scott Jr. is, go to YouTube. Go to ESPN. Just search him up. Start following him. The cat's a dog. What they did to Houston Christian, I mean, seven touchdowns in the first half. It's the second time he's done it this season. He's ridiculous. Don't you dare be a hater and mention any other FCS quarterback besides the one at Jackson State Stone. Don't be a hater, man. <laughs> that's exactly what it's like nowadays, right? You just throw it out there, and that's, of course, what somebody says. I love it. Samford, 34, VMI, 15. The Samford defense in the red zone was terrific, and it kept them in the game early on until that offense was able to get on track in the second half. VMI was held to five field goals, four in the first half. They put the ball in the end zone there. This is a different result, Stone. No doubt about it. When you look at the possession, you're looking at 37 minutes on VMI side to 23 minutes for Samford. So really lopsided. Almost an entire quarter VMI had the ball more than Samford did, and they still managed to lose that game and get outgained on the ground in the air. Samford, yeah, got some rhythm later on in that game, and then it was over. Chattanooga, 31. The Citadel, 21. The Mox got a limb forward back from injury, and the Florence, South Carolina native shined in his return to his native state. Ford carried the ball 29 times for 130 yards and had three receptions for 67 yards. Citadel team fought hard like they always do, but came up short in front of 12,282 at the general. Yeah, Ford's now got 1,000 yards on the season. He's impressive. I loved watching him play, especially against that El Cid team that you root oh so hard for that I've bet on and that I have rooted for and picked him to upset time and time again this season, and they've just let me down. So it was nice to see this Chattanooga team get back on track. 
I said it last week, never trusted anything I say when it comes to the <laughs> Citadel Bulldogs because, you know, look, I'm a homer, and I admit it, and everybody knows it. Richmond, 40, New Hampshire, 34. This was a weird game, Stone. Richmond dominated in every statistic category and led 24-7 to at the half, and UNH didn't score its lone TD of the first half until a Hail Mary at the end of it, and the game ended up coming down to a Hail Mary at the end. Weird, weird game. Yeah, definitely a weird game, and I, I suppose I was on the right side of things. I picked UNH to pull off the upset here. I said the quarterback battle was going to be interesting. When you look at them, you know, you got Brosmer at 277 yards, and you got Reese Dinsky at about 280 yards. So the battle was there, and definitely when you look at the scoreline, it did dictate that this game was weird, and it was this close, and it came on to holding on to the very, very last second. So kind of played out how I thought. And here is the FCS Nation Top 25 for Week 10. We have a new number one in our poll, and it's the Sacramento State Hornets. Number two, South Dakota State. Three, North Dakota State. Number four is Montana State. And rounding out the top five, the Jackson State Tigers. Number six is Samford. Seven is Weber State. Eight is Idaho. Nine is William and Mary. And number 10, the Furman Paladins. Number 11, the Chattanooga Mocs. Number 12, Holy Cross. Number 13, Incarnate Word. Number 14, Richmond. And number 15, the Mercer Bears. Number 16, Montana. Number 17, New Hampshire. 18 is Elon. 19 is North Dakota. Number 20, Delaware's Fighting Blue Hens. Number 21, Eastern Kentucky. Number 22, SEMO. 23, Southeastern Louisiana. Number 24 is Rhode Island. And rounding out the top 25, the Youngstown State Penguins. Time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll sit down with Mr. Paul Pabst from the Dan Patrick Show. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And we're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased to be joined by Mr. Paul Pabst of the Dan Patrick Show. Paul's making his second appearance on FCS Nation. Really appreciate you being here, sir. Thank you. Yeah, it took a, it took a while for my second appearance. I, I lobbied, I, I text, I call, I, I do score updates for uh, FCS games. It took me, I think, two years to get my second invite. Well, look, man, it's a tough gig to get on this show, man. You know, not, I know. And uh, But, you know, you haven't returned the favor to me once, and I totally understand why. Nobody cares what I think, but uh, there you go. Well, look, there's an awful lot of Saluki on this show this week we got Stone Labanowitz, who's the co-host of this show, and you. Sure. And it's my understanding that around the halls of SIU, they still talk about your academic prowess with reverence and awe, sir. Oh, man, that, that sounds like a total setup. I, you probably have my transcripts there. Yeah. I went to Southern Illinois University for uh, five and a half years. I was not pre-med or a doctor or a lawyer. I just uh, took my time. I really wanted to get educated as much as I could. I just soaked it in. Uh, but I, you know, I worked at the school paper and the radio station and all that cool stuff. And you know, it's a great place. Southern Illinois is a really great area. It, it's it's closer to like Missouri and, and like I think it's closer to Memphis than it is Chicago. And so it's more rolling hills. It's got a lot of nature. It's it's really not like the cornfield areas of like central Illinois or it's nothing like Chicago. It's a really great place. Well, and the football program has improved a whole bunch since you were there. Huge game this week against North Dakota State. And that wasn't a game that the Salukis had much of a chance in when you were there, was it? Yeah, they, they, when I was at Southern Illinois, I worked at the school paper, The Daily Egyptian, and I covered the football team for the sports department. We were never bad, and we were never really good. It was always like 
five and six, six and five, new coach, five and six, six and five, new coach. And, you know, we had some, a couple of good quarterbacks and we played against some decent teams like Illinois state and Western Illinois, but there just wasn't a lot of good football in the region. One, one double a wise back in the time. Um, a couple of years ago, I did go back like seven or eight years ago and we were playing North Dakota state. I think SIU may have been like four and or five and oh, and they got hammered pretty good, but they've really in the past 15, 20 years been competitive on the level to the point where it's not a surprise to see them ranked, you know, last year was a monster year going into playoffs. And it's nice because you can go against a North Dakota state. Now, if you're a Southern Illinois fan, you're like, okay, we're in this. It's got to go really right for us, but we're in this. Number four rated rushing offense in FCS with NDSU and the number nine rated rush defense for Southern Illinois. They're like LSU back in the day when LSU had decent quarterbacks, but they would have like three or four running backs. Um, you know, the, the quarterbacks actually, Nick Baker for Southern Illinois, he's, he's setting some school records. He doesn't get a lot of notoriety nationally because I don't think he puts up those, you know, five touchdown, 400-yard games. And uh, they, they just stay in every game. I, I don't think they do anything spectacular. They've had a couple of good wide receivers the past years, uh, two years. And uh, I, I watch almost all their games. You know, ESPN3, you can see a lot of the FCS games. And uh, they're, just, they're just in all of them. And they do run the ball heavy. They have this backup quarterback, and he's more of like a runner than a passer. And they bring him in in like almost a wildcat situation. So uh, it's fun. It's, 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 a, it's a, not always the most exciting offense, like 50 points. But uh, I'd rather be in a game than you know, just a decent scoring team. So when you walked into the DP show on the Monday following the Northwestern win, did you have a little bit of spring in your step? Was that a topic of conversation? Oh, yeah. And by the way, they knew I was going to be insufferable that day, more insufferable than normal. And so Danny goes, he goes, get it out of the way, you know, go ahead. And I, I think I led the show with our little morning meeting that we taped. And I had this video from SIU taking down Northwestern. I said, you know, Southern takes down this Big Ten Goliath, Northwestern. And then I was like, you know, I, I'll take it. It's still a Big Ten team. Northwestern isn't as good as they used to be just a couple of years ago. But uh, it's a big deal. When, when I, I think we talked about this last time. When I was at Southern Illinois, we had an away game at uh, University of Illinois. And Illinois was pretty good at the time. I don't know if they were ranked, but they were probably like you know, 26th or 25th right on the cusp. And SIU was not even – close to battling a big 10 team back then we were very mediocre and uh at the end of the first quarter this is probably i'm guessing this is probably 91 92 uh siu was up 21 7 at the end of the first quarter of the university of illinois and we we were it was at illinois and we were going berserk our little group of fans in the stands were going berserk the final score was 56 21 they scored uh 49 unanswered on southern illinois and uh but it was a great first quarter now, for people this time of the year, and especially in my part of the country, tailgating gets a little cold. Now, what is this I hear about <laughs> DP show moonshine, and how can I get some, and how can people get some of that? Yeah, a couple of years ago, me, Dan Patrick, Seton O'Connor, we were just discussing, like, we'd like to start our own, our own booze for the show, to have something fun, almost like a novelty, you know, and I know everyone's doing it, but we just want to, like, do our own, and, you know, it's, it's more of a novelty project, a passion project. And we found this uh, distillery up in Rhode Island, not far from where we are in Connecticut. And we're like, we don't want to do tequila, whiskey. What, what's not being done? And we were just looking around. And we looked at the shelves of our local uh, liquor store. And like, I think there was one moonshine. It was like a sliver. You know, there's one little, maybe two. And we're like, okay, that's cool. We can come up with some different flavors, some different fun stuff. And uh, I suggested, let's, let's just call it tailgater or tailgate because that's what it's meant for. And, you know, put it in your, put it in the back of your uh, flatbed and, 
you can mix it with Dr. Pepper. You can mix all those things. It's really fun. And we, we just came out with it and started selling it a couple of weeks ago. And it's fun. But you know what? Uh, anything to improve the tailgate, I'm, I'm going to back. Well, look, the tailgating is such an integral part of college football. And the fact that, you know, it doesn't have your picture or anything on it, does it? Because, you know, uh, <laughs> drinking too much moonshine can lead to certain things. And, and we certainly don't want that. Well, you know, in, in, in all seriousness, we, when we, when we uh, met with them, we, we wanted the, uh, the alcohol level, the, the, the proof to be a little lower because, you know, I go to tailgates all the time and not like I did when I was in my you know, 20s because I go with my family now and things like, but how many times have you been to tailgate for like a night game, you know, and it's a seven o'clock game and by three o'clock people are just collapsed and done because they overdid it. I, I actually don't, I'm not a big tailgate over drinker. Even when I was like in my heyday of my early 20s, I'm like, hey man, I, I still want to see the game. I'm not here just to just get annihilated and then not be able to answer the bell when it when the first kick comes. So uh, we, we want to tell you to pace yourself because it's a, it's a long day. I, I want to bring up North Dakota State because we didn't really talk much about it. Uh, Montana State, one of my favorite teams, they've been laying some – I want to talk about two things. Montana State has been doing a good job with their social media. They're trying to get College Game Day and Reese Davis and the guys to come out there, and they're doing really well with their social media to try to get them their, all the pictures of Bozeman in the winter. And so, uh, you know, North Dakota State did this a few years ago, and they got them to come to Fargo twice. So I think this is a really good grassroots effort. I'm trying to help out a little bit with Montana State. And the other one is look at North Dakota State and look at the similarities between them. Are they 7-2 and two right now? I think they have two losses, right? Yes, one's to Arizona, and one is to South Dakota State. Yeah, I mean, and the, the Arizona one is almost like half a loss because it's a big-time team. But when was the last time it's been November and North Dakota State had two losses? And then look at Alabama, the powerhouse. They've got two losses. I'll bet you you could go back in the past 20 years, and it hasn't happened maybe twice that they've had two losses this early in November. It's really interesting to see these powerhouses with just a little bit of a hiccup. Well, hope springs eternal for everyone else, right? I mean, uh, when, you, when you look that uh, NDSU ran the ball for 453 yards against Western Illinois last right. week, I mean, I said it a little earlier you know we've all seen that movie before haven't we i'm shocked shocked i tell you that ndsu runs the ball in november (laughs) yeah and that's the thing like you know if if you watch fcs like you and i do for a a living uh north dakota state they're going to be there at the end you know they have a little bit of a hiccup but you know the good thing about the playoff system you know they're not out of it yet if this they were in when with alabama alabama was basically out so you don't even have a chance which is another reason i like one i still call one delay uh, you know but our division better because uh, you have a chance to have a hiccup or two or like play an Arizona or play a big time, uh, you know, school and you could afford that loss. And if you did this on the, on the other upper level, you wouldn't have that. So that's another reason it's great. You're just not supposed to win those games if you're FCS, because that's how you not get invited back for like 30 years. <laughs> that's true. And so hopefully, you know, South Dakota state, it's a big year for them. They're off and running. So it should be a great playoff. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate you being here, sir. Anytime, brother. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, strives to be professional, courteous, and fair. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides quality stump removals to protect your largest investments, your home and property. Attempting to remove stumps yourself can be dangerous and time-consuming. Trust the pros at RW Stump Grinding to get the job done right the first time. Call RW Stump Grinding at 804 804- 366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stressed, call Reggie West. 
You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Stone Labanowitz returns. Many thanks again to Mr. Paul Paps from the Dan Patrick Show for making the time to be on with us this week. Really appreciate it when one of the big boys comes on the show with us. Now time for the preview segment. This is where Stone and I will take a trip all around FCS Nation and we'll preview the biggest games taking place around the country this week. Up first, number one, Sacramento State is at Portland State. All righty. We got ourselves a new number one, and I'm super excited about it. I think this team's electric when it comes to putting up points, electric at some of their play style, right? Mixing in quarterbacks. Portland State's got no weapons. They can't do it. This one's going to be tough. I guess at this point, their goal, though, is to just avoid a letdown. You got Portland State, and then you got UC Davis, two games that shouldn't really sweat them that hard. So I like these guys to beat up on Portland State pretty badly. Pretty easy to look ahead and look over Portland State with that Causeway Classic facing you next week against UC Davis. That's a good point you make, Stone. But I don't expect very many problems here for the number one ranked Sacramento State Hornets. Their rushing attack should really get buzzing, and it'll be the difference here, I believe. Coach Bruce Barnum will have a few tricks up his sleeve, and his boys fight so they can maybe keep it close for a little while. We'll see. Illinois State is at number two, South Dakota State. Same goes for these guys. Your goal at this point is just to avoid a letdown. I don't think Illinois State's capable of doing this at this moment against a 9-1 team with one sole FBS loss to an Iowa Hawkeye team. I like the boys here. I like for them to keep it on the ground. Mark Gronowski and these guys just need to stay healthy as they skate on into the playoffs. It's probably a, one of the top two seeds here. I think this will not be an easy game for the Jackrabbit Stone, and I'll tell you why. The Redbirds still have a lot to play for. That's a proud program. They've been down. They have an opportunity. If they can get this win, man, that'll make this whole season look different. And then you close, I think, with Western Illinois next week, have a chance to get to 7-4. and four. That is an uptick for that program. I just don't know where their yards are going to come from. They don't run the ball or throw the ball right. especially well, and the Jackrabbits' defense is really good stopping both of those. Maybe they'll keep it close for a while. I like Brock's back. I have for a long time. His teams play hard for that man. I don't think this week will be any different. Number three, North Dakota State is at Southern Illinois. Well, well, well. I am going to sit my happy ass on my couch and watch each and every second of this ball game. Like I said earlier, I think SIU is live here. They can put up enough points to make North Dakota State keep track. They're going to stack the box. They don't scare anybody on the outside. SIU secondary is light years better than any of the skilled players North Dakota State has going right now. We just watched Cam Miller throw the ball three times. So with a good rush defense that Southern Illinois does have, that front seven's really good, and they're not afraid to put guys on the line of scrimmage. I think... The matchup does not favor North Dakota State here, and that's not even me being a homer. I just think that with SIU being able to score in a hurry, like that'll give them problems. I don't think North Dakota State has seen an offense like this all season. Of course they have. I think it's going to be similar to the Arizona game. Well, NDSU is fourth in rushing, and the Salukis are ninth in rushing defense. I mean, that's like you know strength on strength, right? You just expect one of them is going to be stubborn and continue to try to do things, and I think that's going to be North Dakota State. I think we're going to see them try to get the ball down the field with Miller and some of those wideouts. But I think 
in a lot of cases, they'll run those DBs for Southern Illinois out of the play with deep routes and hit the underneath to Hunter Lipke and the tight end. You have to be wary of that. Lipke is a tough tackle in space, which we all know. And look, if you're Southern Illinois, this has been a weird season, right? You've played extremely poorly at times, and you've had a five-game winning streak in the same season and beat an FBS. Well, if you want to hear your name called on Selection Sunday, this is a game you've got to win, and it's at your building, and I don't believe you can ask for anything more than that if you're a Saluki faithful in this one. Number four, Montana State is at Cal Poly. I like this game for Montana State. I think it's a beautiful game to catapult you into the postseason. We've seen what teams have been able to do against Cal Poly, and that's everything that Montana State does well. I look for Tommy Malott to just stay healthy. I feel like I'm saying the same thing. for, But that's what it is in this last game of the season. Like You need to make sure your guys are feeling good after putting up big numbers. So I like Tommy Malott here to be efficient, not throw the ball too much, not do too much on the ground but they'll get by Cal Poly by a wide margin. Like I said earlier, great trip here for the Bobcats. Get to go to the beach, and the Mustangs stink out loud. Uh, Montana State should really have their way with Cal Poly in this one. Number five, Jackson State is at Alabama A&M. Jackson State, we're taking a lot of slack for having these guys in the top five. I think that's kind of the Twitter narrative going on right now. It's like, how can we put these guys in the top five if they can't compete for the ultimate prize? It's not what we're here to do, right? This is the fifth best team in the country. Like these guys would beat anybody on this top 25 list. I truly believe that on any given Saturday. So for this game against Alabama A&M, poor those guys, Jackson State's going to lay it on them. And I think the hype train continues to build and roll with Dion, what he's got going with Shador and Travis and the rest of the game. I mean, this one could get ugly early. A&M is not good on defense and it's just okay on offense. I don't see any way for them to keep up with the Tigers' offense, which we all know is prolific. Shadur Sanders should have a day, and unless Jackson State makes a ton of mistakes, this one shouldn't be close. Number six, Samford is at number 11, Chattanooga, in a SoCon war. Ooh, little SoCon war. So I think, in my opinion, this is Chattanooga's second chance, right? Because I don't think Citadel was that much of a get-right game for them after losing to Furman. I think this is the one that's going to actually make you feel something, beating a Sanford team. So I like Chattanooga. I fancy their chances. I think they'll be able to slow Sanford down by keeping that run game going. We've talked about what Ford's been able to do. I like this matchup for Chattanooga. This is the first of two huge games in the Southern Conference this week. Both teams are coming off physical contests against the Southern Conference military schools, but Sanford's had a penchant to start slowly and then pour it on. They cannot afford to do that this week. Chattanooga rediscovered their running game last week, and they can just hand the ball to a limb forward and eat the clock. QB Michael Hires for Sanford has been excellent and careful with that football. That must continue for the Bulldogs to win. Should be one hell of a game. Idaho State is at number seven, Weber State. I think Weber State's going to suffocate this team with that defense. What they're able to do and how they're able to stop the run just a really big fan of it. We've caped for it all season long. What this team's been able to do defensively. And then time and time again, they come out and score a lot of points. Like We've seen them surpass that 30-point game time and time and time again this season. Whenever they're called upon, they do just enough. And I don't think this team's going to give them much trouble. And I think, in a sense, it's obviously a get-right game, right? Heading into the playoffs, you want to have a clear mind. And I think this is definitely a game to beat up on Idaho State. 
Not much to see here, y'all. A lot of turmoil in the Idaho State program, and Weaver is all ticked off. Probably going to be a long day for Idaho State. The head coach said he maybe is only going to take 40 or 45 guys because he thinks some of them don't care in that locker room. Sad state of affairs. He's got a tough job there in Pocatello. UC Davis is at number eight, Idaho. This one should be a good one. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I'm glad you said that. I think I was wrong about Jason Eck. Now, I have Cape Farm early on in the season. I've talked about how good of a job he's done, especially with one of their upset games. And then I faded them in the past few weeks, just thinking that they were going to lull, and they haven't. And that's been impressive. And I think that Davis is not a slouch. Like, we've talked about them time and time again in a really positive light. So I think with them being number eight and now inside the top ten, like Eck and the boys, he has them looking serious. So I think this is not a, a letdown spot for them. I think they continue to cruise. UC Davis is hanging around in the playoff discussion, and a win here would really catapult them firmly into the at-large discussion. Idaho is at home and has a bunch of momentum. Coach Jason Eck must keep his boys grounded and have them ready to play because we know Dan Hawkins will have his boys ready to hit him in the mouth, and the Vandals will have to respond to that. This is not going to be an easy game. I expect a physical and really close ball game here. Villanova is at number nine, William and Mary. We've talked about it time and time again, how Villanova is going to knock off one of these top 15 teams, you know, come the end of the season. So I'm curious to where your head's at with this one, Kevin, because this be this would be one of those games, right? Like William & Mary is slouching right now. Darius Wilson hasn't been able to put up too good of numbers. That running game's been good, but it hasn't been great, and they don't score a lot of points. They usually just lean on that defense to get them out of games, and that will, that's what we've been seeing the past few weeks. So I'm a little nervous for this game, but I'm leaning tribe. Look, Nova is a lot like your Southern Illinois Salukis, I think. They've played extremely well at times this year, and at times they look like they can't get out of their own way. And I believe the tribe learned a valuable lesson last week, that they are not good enough just to toss their jerseys out in the field and beat anybody. And that's a lesson that I think they took to heart. I expect William & Mary to start fast and not let up. If they don't, they're going to get beat because Nova is dangerous and has absolutely nothing to lose. Number 10, Furman is at number 15, Mercer in the second of the Southern Conference Wars this week. Yeah, I like this matchup. We're looking at a 10 and a 15-ranked team. Like, I think they're evenly matched up, styles included. Now, I think one of them can get a little fancier than the other, and you know which one I'm talking about. And I do side with the Bears. I think with the size they have on defense, I don't know if it's something that Furman's seen consistently this season. So I definitely lean the Bears here. Uh, Look, this is going to be a good one. Mercer quarterback Fred Payton and Furman QB Tyler Huff will have their work cut out for them. Both of these teams are extremely stingy on defense. The Bears have a talented group of running backs, and a bunch of them are going to carry the ball. They'll run fresh bodies in and out of the ball game. Look, whoever runs the ball and limits possessions will win this thing. I think Mercer is going to be better at that. Although Furman, look, that's a good football team. And their defense has risen to the occasion several times against very good teams. We'll see what happens down there in Macon, Georgia. Bryant is at number 12, Holy Cross. Snoozer. (laughs) I think the problem with me and Holy Cross is I think we have them at the perfect spot at 12. I don't think there's any much more we can give them, and we can't bring them back any further. So my head, I kind of have a headache from just watching Twitter talk about Holy Cross, all this and all that. Like, we're covering them in a Bryant game. Like, Super boring, but if I, mean, I can't wait for the pick segment because I'm going to pick Holy Cross, but 
my scoreline will be pretty funny here. I don't know if they struggle much with the Bryant team. I haven't watched any Bryant this season. I don't, don't know if anybody really has. So hopefully Holy Cross just gets out of this one skate free. Look, Bryant beat Campbell last week and put up over 40 points. So uh, this Whoa. is this is going to be a challenge for the Holy Cross oh. defense. I mean, uh, the last time they played an offense that could score like that, Holy Cross gave up 50 to Fordham, right? So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not sold on Holy Cross. I think everybody who follows the show account on Twitter knows that. I just don't see how, yes, they're undefeated. Uh, but that win over Buffalo is not looking as good as it did a month ago. Right. So, uh, you know, but people say, well, they're undefeated. Conference champs beat an FBS. Yeah, they didn't beat Bama, y'all. They beat Buffalo. And they play in the Patriot League, which is the 11th best conference. Shouldn't be anywhere near a, a seed at all. And if they are, it should be number eight. Well, maybe that'll take care of itself. Bryant, look, we'll see what happens. They can score, and Holy Cross can too. I expect a high-scoring ball game in this Ooh. one. Eastern Washington is at number 16, Montana. All right. I've rocked with these Eagles each and every week. I'm doing it again. They're so stinking due. This Montana team is on the decline for some weird reason. I haven't been able to really figure it out. It looks like a lot of internal things, like watching the sideline and stuff, and their Twitter's less active. I know that's just me kind of looking too deep into things, but these teams going through some trouble right now. And I think Eastern Washington, <laughs> I'm laughing. I can't even say it seriously, but they're going to score enough points. They're able to do it with Talkington through the air. I like the Eagles this week, Kev. We're going to get Stone a uh, skirt and some pom-poms here because, man, <laughs> he loves him some Eastern Washington Eagles. I'm going to introduce you to Kyler Neal in Frisco, and y'all can go to a corner together and talk about your love for all things Inferno. But nice. look, uh, I don't believe this will be much of a ball game. I think that uh, Montana will roll Eastern Washington, probably, but you never know. Eastern Washington does have a pretty explosive offense. Number 14, Richmond. Is that number 20, Delaware? Yeah, um, this is a matchup. I think one of the favorite ones for me. You're talking about Nolan Henderson versus Reese Dinsky. Sign me up. Please give me my popcorn with extra butter. I love this one. I'm looking forward to it. And I think Delaware is better than being at 20, and I think we both know that. But as far as resume goes, right, we're just not able to give them the bump. There are teams up there fighting for playoff spots and stuff. I don't know. I lean Delaware here. I like Nolan Henderson. I really think this game comes down to the quarterback matchup, and that's not just me being a quarterback. I don't think any of the other facets of the game really matter. Whoever plays a cleaner game wins this game for the team. Spoken like a true quarterback. Only that position matters. The, everybody else are just a bit players as we <laughs> strut about and do our thing. Man, the arrogance is just Mwah! in the quarterback position. <laughs> number 24, Rhode Island is at number 17, New Hampshire, and kind of an elimination game for the FCS playoffs here, I believe. Yeah, this is a slick little matchup, to be honest. I like the quarterback in New Hampshire. You heard me talk about him. He's a young kid, Max Brosmer. And then you talk about Rhode Island, a team who's snuck out some big wins this season but you know hasn't been consistent with it so i look for this one to be really really tight down the stretch i'm leaning new hampshire's way baby it's time for us to take a quick time out we come back stone will sit down with incarnate word quarterback lindsey scott jr and following that will be the pick segment i know you want to hang out for that we'll be right back you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetta radio network Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003, and Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. 
That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y homes.net. Let McElmurry Homes exceed your expectations. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Are you ready for new windows? Renewal by Anderson's windows are the best you can get, and their awesome Black Friday event is backed by popular demand. This is an incredible offer, and you don't have to get up early or stand in line. You don't even have to wait until Black Friday. You can book your estimate right now. Listen to this. Renewal by Anderson is giving 20% off every window. And depending on how many windows you get, you'll receive a Visa gift card for up to $1,500. Imagine getting awesome new Renewal by Anderson windows and a lot of spending cash for Christmas. It's fantastic. The financing offer is so great. No money down. No interest or payments for 18 months. Think about that. You get your new windows now, and you don't even have to make a payment until 2024. Wow. It's a very limited time offer, though. It starts on Black Friday, November 25th. It runs through December 9th. Please do not wait to book your free estimate right now. Just go to rbamontana.com. That's rbamontana.com to set up your free estimate. Renewal by Anderson. Make a great investment this Black Friday. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network each and every week. You guys know what it is. It's the Stone Cold Quarterback segment where I go around FCS Nation with the magnifying glass. And whoever stats takes longest to read, that's usually where I'm looking. But if that was the case, that means I'm 10 weeks late on Lindsey Scott Jr., the signal caller for Incarnate Word. Lindsey, thanks for joining the show. Sir, thanks for having me. And so I wanted to get it ripping early. Would you consider mm-hmm. yourself a journeyman? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it'd be naive to say I'm not, you know. I mean, I've been to, been to a couple of places, you know. Right. Seven years, five different schools. I want to go down this list because it, it, it's pretty gnarly, man. Huge respect to you. So out of high school, out of the boot, you go to Baton Rouge. You're a part of Les Miles' last recruiting class. Things mm-hmm. don't really pan out. You find yourself at the junior college level, EMCC. We'll get to that later. Then you go back to the SEC, you find yourself at Missouri, then to Nichols, and now to Incarnate Word, where you got the boys absolutely buzzing right now. 6, 7, and 13 is your rank inside the top 25 on all media outlets. Lindsay, my question following all of that, your long list, is if you could go back, would you do it any other way? Are there stops you wouldn't make? Uh, I, I don't think I would. You know, I just think about all the things that I've, I've learned along the way and the people I've met and, and just like, even outside of football, I've made so many connections going to different schools and, and 
you know, some of my best friends that I've met at these different schools. So uh, I would never do it differently. I'm kind of kind of grateful for, for the journey itself. Um, you know, uh, coming out of high school, I never thought that, you know, that I would be going to five different schools in seven years. I would look at you and say, you know, you're crazy. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm definitely thankful for that. Lindsay, let's talk about junior college for a little bit. Just for a second, you know, how much do you credit EMCC for your success? And no, I'm not talking about Netflix. I'm not talking about the cameras. I'm talking about thugging it out in the middle of nowhere. How much better of a football player did EMCC make you? Uh, look, when I when I went there, that place was all about grit. You know, uh, you know, leaving leaving LSU from home, uh, 20 minutes from home. You know, the glitz and glamour, all the facilities, and you get there, and you're playing in junior college in the middle of nowhere in school in Mississippi, um, and it my love for the game really kind of kind of solidified there and for a moment in time you know things just weren't going well and i was thinking about just just you know hanging up you know just going on with the computer science route in undergrad and just you know being a regular student and and uh i think that's kind of where i learned to actually work and i learned that you know the biggest thing i learned is that life is hard you know it's not gonna be easy for you and i made a choice i can either you know bend over and say this is it or i can you know keep going keep pushing keep working so uh i think that place really changed my mindset and kind of forced me to grow from, you know, a, a freshman into a young man at an early age and just, you know, start that mentality of, you know, where I'm at, you got to work. Yeah, I love to hear it. Joining us is Lindsey Scott Jr., the quarterback for Incarnate Word on FCS Nation. You just talked about not giving up to junior college ball. I myself played in the Northeast Conference. I played at ASA Brooklyn. I was at the junior college level. Everything you said just had me smiling. I know what it's like. It's either you bend over, you stand up and punch them in the face, man. It's just really, really cool to hear you're 9-1. You've absolutely lit up scoreboards this year. You're number one nationally in points per game, points board possession, red zone touchdown percentage touchdowns scoring drives yards per play hey the list goes on and on the conference can't even touch y'all right now with all that being said do you understand kind of what you're doing statistically right now Lindsay? like you just got joey galloway on college football live he gave you a helmet sticker like that's a real deal show like they're talking about quinn ewers they're talking about tcu they're talking about the college football playoffs and then they give you a helmet sticker for just ripping whoever it was apart for seven touchdowns in the first half like do you know what you're doing in real time is ridiculous uh to be honest with you not not really uh i guess you know relative to, to other people around me uh it's great to be mentioned with you know other great quarterbacks and other great people you know uh you know rg3 has been kind of giving me a shout out for a couple of weeks now <laughs> Yeah, hold up hold up let me tell the people what that is so rg3 this was like this morning i think or yesterday on one of the shows he said here are my top five teams to watch now folks this is robert griffin the third on a straight up television espn set says one lsu two unc Three incarnate word for Jackson State and Dion and five Ole Miss. You can continue with your point. I just wanted to point it out. Hey, you're you're like mainstream media right now, but sorry to cut you off. Yeah, um, um I think you know it in, in real time. I, I don't really think about it, you know, that much. You know, it's kind of one of those things I look at and say, you know, that's great. You know, all glory to God. I'm very appreciative. But uh, you know, I kind of have my process throughout the week. You know, I, I take time to kind of appreciate those things and give thanks, and I get back to work. Uh, just because you know, I, I like I feel comfortable in, in the way I prepare and kind of you know uh, enjoying those things just isn't in the in the cards right now. Uh, it's one of those things I want to look back after the season and look back on and, and kind of reminisce on. But um, you know, very thankful to those guys that that are that are talking about us and and the Cardinals. You know, uh, at the end of the day, um, it's all about the, the brand. You know, and uh. And, lifting UIW up and that's something that you know those guys with the, the great media outlets that they are kind of help us do and uh it's just part of the job of being a quarterback you know you got to go out there and uh put on for the team so you know down the road you know recruits see that stuff other people see that stuff and, and it helps the team out in the future as well so 
um, very appreciative for all those guys and, um, you know, ready to get back to work after this bye week so we can keep doing it, you know? Damn right. Damn right. This guy, Lindsey Scott, is uh, what I call media trained. You're, you're, you're hammering these questions. You're, <laughs> just, a, just enough coaches talk, sprinkle it with a little bit of flavor. You're doing good. Hey, listen, I got a banger. It's the last one. I'm going to get a little, a little deep here. I don't know how much attention you pay to Twitter. FCS Nation is but a fraction of what, you know, it's like in the SEC with these forums and stuff like that. Like, we battle it out, but pretty much everybody knows everybody who covers the FCS on social media, most importantly, Twitter. And here's the one narrative going around, Lindsay, that I've been against the entire season. I told everybody, our show, everybody that I joined, that these guys were serious. Lindsey Scott Jr. is a dog. Like, they're going to bust Nevada's ass. You went out and did that, and now little by little, you guys are creeping into people's top 25s. Now you're in the top 10. But the one narrative is, when it comes to the playoffs and you guys lining up against teams like North Dakota State, South Dakota State, guys with beef who like to run the ball that, at that point, Incarnate Word won't be able to hang around. Is this something that you see? Is it something that you hear? What would, why? Tell the people why you guys would be able to beat the big dogs, North Dakota State winning nine of the last 11 national championships? Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we have an amazing coaching staff. We got amazing players. I feel can match up with anybody in the nation. And we have a we have a process that we go throughout this work week uh, that we're very comfortable with and, and we feel that works. You know, and um, we I, I, I say this every week. We say this every week. Um, you know, uh, the only people, the only team that can really be us is ourselves. And, you know, that holds true for any team. Uh, we go out and we execute our game plan that the coach put in front of us. There's no way we can't you know, you know, uh, reach our goals. So at the end of the day, it's all about coming to work and, uh, you know, executing the game plan and, and, and uh, doing to the best ability. Uh, I mean, we got an amazing electric offense and we got, you know, one of the best defenses in the nation. And, um, you know, I have 1,000% faith that we can go toe-to-toe with anybody. So um, at the end of the day, that's, that is what it is. And I'm looking forward to playing some great teams up north that I've been watching for a long time <laughs> and, um, and, and playing some, some really good teams. So, you know, we'll see when we get there. We'll see if uh, if all the the talks that you know these other guys are saying is true or not. But the cars will be ready. Hey, we will see when we get there, folks. Lindsey Scott Jr., thanks so much for joining FCS Nation, my man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for having me. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's now time for my favorite part of the week. This is the pick segment where Stone Lebanowitz and I butt face masks and pick the biggest games taking place this week. First up on our slate of games, number one, Sacramento State is at Portland State. Hornets going to sting you 4-5-10. to five to ten. Nothing to see here, y'all. Move along, please. Hornets win on the road 48-17. Illinois State is at number two, South Dakota State. Jackrabbits go hopping along here, 38-21 on top of the birds. Too much defense by the Jackrabbits for the Redbirds to stay in this ball game. I think. I think SDSU will run all over Illinois State and will win 28-7. Number three, North Dakota State is at Southern Illinois. Be careful, Stone. Upset special of the week. I cannot wait for this game. The Salukis are going to run out of the gates on offense. They're going to have 20-plus when they walk into the locker room at halftime or jog in there because they'll be really happy, and they're going to win this game 38-24. to 24. I disagree, okay. Stone, and I hate to do it because I know how much you love your team, but this is strength against strength. North, North Dakota State's rushing attack versus Southern Illinois' run defense, something has to give. And I think it'll be the Salukis in this one. NDSU has done what they do to people 
for a decade plus. Ugh. And I do believe that will continue. Take NDSU on the road over Southern Illinois, 28-24. Sorry, Stan. Nervous, Kev. Number four, Montana State is at Cal Poly. Give me Montana State here, 30-17. to 17. Bobcats will score at will and will whip Cal Poly 42-10. to 10. Rarely is a football game a day at the beach, but you can do both when you play at Cal Poly, and I expect hey. the Bobcats to do just that. Number five, Jackson State is at Alabama A&M. Give me Deion Sanders and the boys, 42-10 to 10 here on top of A&M. Way too much offense for A&M to stay in it. Shador Sanders will have a day. Santee Marshall will tote that mail for the Tigers, and Jackson State will win on the road, 52-13. Number six, Samford is at number 11, Chattanooga. Like I said, I think this Chattanooga team's looking to really get back in the win column, and I know they did last week against Citadel, but I'm sure that one wasn't as satisfying as this Samford win can be. So for that, I'm rocking with the mocks here. I think they're do- able to do just enough on the ground, have a lead in the fourth quarter, and hold it just a little bit. I like them winning this game 28-21. to 21. The mocks can run the ball and stop you from doing so. Samford will attempt to use that short pass game as an extension of their running game, but the mocks tackle too well for that to work much, I think. And the Chattanooga defensive line is dominant. Secondary is tight. That's a good group on defense for the mocks. Take Chattanooga to upset Samford at home, 28-27. Idaho State is at number seven, Weber State. I like Weber State here, 38-21, to no sweat. I'd hate to be Idaho State this week. I think Weber State will just come out and they'll blouse their boots and it won't be close. Take Weber State at home over Idaho State, 52-10. to UC Davis is at number eight, Idaho. New Jason Eck fan. And I, and I say new Jason Eck fan. I think it's because he beat me so many times when I was at Southern Illinois, when he was at South Dakota State. So I'm glad I can finally come around and be a fan because these guys are pretty darn good. I like them beating UC Davis, 35-21. Many times I've asked myself, is Idaho for real this season? And each time... They've shown that they are. And I've asked, can a coach come in and turn a program that was just down, dead, no interest, no enthusiasm? Can he come in and turn it around in less than a year? The answer, yeah. the answer so far has been yes, and I believe it's yes this mm. week, too. Take the Vandals at the Kibbe Dome over UC Davis, 35-24. Villanova is at number nine, William & Mary. This game scares me, but I think the Tribe are going to do what they've done all season long, and that's just close it out. Using their defense to do so, I like them coming out on top of this one, 24-17. Tribe didn't play well last week, but they still won. That's the mark of a good team. If you don't play your best, but you can turn it on and make the plays when you have to, that's exactly what William & Mary did last week. I think they'll play excellent this week in Williamsburg in front of their home fans, and the Tribe will win over Nova, 28-13. Number 10, Furman is at number 15, Mercer. So I talked about Mercer's defense. You talked a little bit about Fred Payton and what that running back committee's been able to do. I think they're the sole reason this team gets over the hump and wins this game, but the defense is going to close it out in a close one, 27-24 on top of Furman. Tough game to pick, and I always try to set my anti-Furple feelings aside, but can't always do so. So take this one. You know, with whatever you will, y'all. I dislike Furman. Everyone knows it. I think Mercer quarterback Fred Payton is the difference maker in this one. And that the Bears will win at home over the Paladins, 27-23. Bryant is at number 12, Holy Cross. Uh, I got Holy Cross winning this game 49-0. to Am I going to watch it? Probably not. 
I'll set up my notifications and, and, and check on the scoreline that continuously comes in, but don't want to watch a Brian football team take on Holy Cross. Well, Stone, who do you think has more athletes on the defensive side of the ball, Holy Cross or Campbell? Ooh, Campbell by far. Okay, well, this Bryant team put up 40 against Campbell last week. Now, is Holy Cross's defense better? Maybe. I don't think so. But uh, Bryant will cause Holy Cross and that defense some problems. I'm not sure the Satyrs will be up to it, but you got to beat teams like this if you are a legitimate seeded team in the FCS playoffs. I think Holy Cross does win, but it'll be close. Take Holy Cross, 38-31. Number 14, Richmond. Is that number 20, Delaware? Talked about this matchup between Nolan Henderson and Reese Yadensky. I cannot wait. I think this is the one, two, three-point game. And for that reason, I got Delaware in the hands coming out of this one, 31-28. Does Spider quarterback Reese Yadensky play? And if so, how effective will he be? Too many questions to pick Richmond in this one. Take Delaware at home, 28-24. Eastern Washington at number 16, Montana. Here we go, baby. Here we go. You know what? I said I was going to Eastern Washington, and I just realized that you're sitting in a snowstorm right now, and in comes the team that's going to have to throw it 40, 50 times. They even want to have a chance in this game. So I'm doing a little switcheroo. I'm taking the Grizz here, 35, 28. That's what I love about Stone Lebanowitz. He can talk himself into anything. <laughs> Grizz fans are going to really enjoy this game. Take Montana at home, 42, 13. Number 24, Rhode Island is at number 17, New Hampshire. All right, I like this game a lot. It's definitely going to be one that I have starred and that I'm going to be paying close attention to. I rock with New Hampshire last week, get it done against Richmond. Second time's a charm, I guess. I think that's the phrase. UNH comes out of this one 23-21 on top of Rhode Island. That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is produced and co-hosted by Mr. Stone Lebanowitz. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, and like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules, and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.